You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Breaking down everything you need to know about today's college basketball card. A ton of big games today. Uh, to get to on the early slate. Want to start off with, for anybody that isn't familiar with BetQL, uh, it helps sports bettors of all types, from first-time bettors to hardcore, making more informed betting decisions using data and analytics. BetQL's algorithms analyze over 350,000 unique bets every year in real time to help you give an edge, to help you get an edge over the sports books. Get started today at BetQL.co, also available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Going down here on the card, Kentucky-Tennessee. This line's sitting at, I believe, looking at here on Don Best. Kentucky is still a seven-point favorite. Yeah, it's seven and a half at some books, too. Uh, or Tennessee is, that is. Uh, Tennessee favored by seven. Looking at a total of, let's see what's that on. Can be 136 and a half. And Kentucky is plus 275 on the money line. Yeah, I hate both of these teams, to be honest with you. So I I don't really have a strong opinion. Last time they played, I said uh, I thought Tennessee matched up well with them, and they did cover that game. Man, is there a dumber team in the country than Kentucky? Imagine a team following a three-point shooter with under five seconds left in the game. last week, yeah. Two two times in a row. Remember last Saturday when I said (laughs) don't take Kentucky over two points in that game? Right. And they fouled that guy from Auburn <laughs> for with one second left in the in the game, and then that guy doesn't miss the free throw. I mean, uh, they should flag that game to be honest with you. But that's the problem for me with Kentucky down the stretch of games. I don't know if there's a dumber team in college basketball right now. They should have beat Auburn. Let's be honest, by ten plus, they dominated that game. Um, but they found a way to get it down to one possession. Uh, so. I just can't trust Kentucky. I think the number's a little inflated with Tennessee, but Kentucky on the road, no thank you. You go back to that first Tennessee game or the first Kentucky-Tennessee game, uh, going back to, I think it was late last or early, actually, early February. Kentucky was up by double digits, so it's similar to the Arkansas game. They didn't blow the lead against Arkansas, but they blew it against Tennessee. Tennessee's defense turned it on down the stretch. Johnson and Springer, their two freshmen, were really good. Kentucky giving up a 1.08 points per possession um, in that Tennessee game. So averaging over a point Tennessee was, and I mean, that came to fruition down the stretch. They dominated. I feel like they didn't miss a bucket or at least that offense was flowing in the last six minutes of the game. So it's tough to trust Kentucky. Like you said, they're they're one of the dumber teams in college basketball and it's because they don't have a true point guard right now. Ask you should be playing in high school, uh, not, not in the sec against a defense like this. It, It might be a little inflated for Tennessee, but I agree. I it's, you know, I, I leaned Kentucky looking at the line, getting three possessions. But if t- Tennessee, even though that offense could be very inconsistent, we saw it last week against LSU. Uh, but LSU's offense is much more explosive than Kentucky's. So we're not going to yeah, – even and- if Kentucky was to cover this game, it's not like Kentucky's going to – gonna have an offensive explosion for 40 straight minutes yeah and that's what I was gonna say uh I think we know the kind of team Tennessee struggles against it's athletic teams that that have a couple of different scores and I'll tell you what looking ahead to the tournament there was a team I saw watched last night seen a couple times this year Toledo if Tennessee were to draw like a Toledo in the first round of the tournament I would be very concerned because those are the type of teams they struggle against 
Kentucky isn't one of those teams. We saw earlier with Kansas, too. Kansas doesn't have the scores this year, and Tennessee was able to lock them down. So right. uh, no opinion on this game, but I think there will be times to fade Tennessee down the road. Yeah, I'm with, especially in the tournament. They, they have the makeup of that four seed yeah. or five seed that loses in the first round. No doubt about that. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Patriot League Lightning Round time. So we got through Michigan State. We got through we, um, MSU, Indiana, UConn, Villanova, Kentucky, Tennessee. No bets for us in either of those games, but uh, three of the bigger games on the college basketball card, at least in the early slate. I could see Tom rocking back and forth, which means it's time for him <laughs> to get to his Patriot League let you out, man. And we came so close to having a full slate. So close. <laughs> Bucknell and Lafayette got canceled just before we came on the air. Um, <clears throat> I was going to have a play on that for tomorrow. Uh, but let, I do have a strong play in the Patriot League. Let's get started with Navy at American. Navy sitting at around two and a half. American hasn't played since January 24th, and they've only played four games this year. Two were to Navy. They lost by one in OT and uh, got beat by 12. But uh, and see, the, the thing here is though, Navy hasn't played since January 30th, and they haven't played on the road since January 9th. So with all the I, I lean Navy here, but with all the all the uncertainties, I'm going to pass today. What I will say is I'll probably be on Navy tomorrow. Let's see what happens today. If the Navy doesn't blow out American, I'll like Navy on on Sunday for sure. An interesting game to me is BU and Colgate. This uh, this game opened. Bring four, that up. Huh? I was going to bring that up, too. I think there's just just on the outside looking in. I want to hear your breakdown on it. I feel like there's a little bit of value uh, with Boston today. Yes. The, they're, yeah, they, they've won four out of five. So they're playing. And one thing you got to remember about BU is earlier in the year, they had some guys missing. Um, and that's when they played Colgate. They allowed 89 and 86 points. If you look at it on paper, it's a complete mismatch because Colgate's rated number one in every Patriot League offensive category. And BU was at the bottom or last. But BU's defense has slowly been getting better. I do think there's value here taking uh, BU. The only issue with Colgate is, and I, I got a piece of this last Saturday, I had Army getting seven points and they scored 83. If you're telling me I'm getting seven at home and you score 83, I think I'm going to win that every time. Colgate scored 92. Uh, they're a dangerous, dangerous offensive team, but the line has moved towards BU here, and down I think there's 12. a little value. Yeah, down, down to 12 now. So you, so you would still take. Now that I see that, you would still take Boston. You uh, getting getting twelve, even though we've seen like a two point line move. I'm not taking it. I said I I would lean BU here. Okay. Um, the I, I would have liked it a lot more at fourteen and a half. That's one thing. And I'll get to my pick. These Patriot League lines, man. Some sometimes the openers are are off and, and they move quite a bit. One That's that really. Yeah, one, go ahead. One quick thing on the line, just uh, in terms of the handle, like people might be saying, okay, well, how much money is being bet into uh, Boston U for this line to drop two and a half, two points? When it when it's that sort of a handle where it's not, you know, just comparing it to the last game we just discussed, Kentucky, Tennessee, the handle is not going to be as big in Boston U and Colgate in comparison to that sort of an SEC game, even though both teams are, at least Kentucky, is having a down year. So if money is going to be get bet into that game, the, the line is going to move because of that, because the handle is smaller. Correct. Correct. Um, and moving on, Holy Cross at Army. Uh, Army's around 11, 10 and a half. I'm not laying that with Army, but it is a good get right spot for them after losing two to Colgate last weekend. Um, you know, the last looking at Army, their last four games have been against Colgate and Navy. That's one way to gauge the Patriot League because those two teams are uh, far and above everybody else. 
So now they get the lowest rated team in the Patriot League uh, in, in my rankings and Holy Cross sets up for a blowout. But one of Holy Cross's three wins this year was against Army. So I'm not going to lay it. Uh, might look to play this game. Uh, might look at the over tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Bucknell and Lafayette, my Bucknell team, we can't get them going, baby. Uh, <laughs> just can't get them playing. But uh, so now to my pick, Loyola against Lehigh. Uh, oh I got this Loyola minus four. It's now up to minus six. We all know Loyola invents ways to lose, right? The the team is two and seven with six losses coming by a combined 14 points, including two in triple overtime. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. But I like how they came back and blew Lafayette out in their last game. And the one thing that's interesting about Loyola, they're the one Patriot League team that hasn't really been affected by COVID. They've been playing quite a bit. Lehigh hasn't played since Janu uh, January 31st. And this is a very young team with one of the worst defenses in college basketball. You know, I, I think we're getting some value here. The I would have opened the line at six, so you got a lot of value at four. Six would be my my cutoff, Loyola minus six on the road. I know some people might say I can't lay it with Loyola given what they've done, but to me, this sets up for a big-time uh, blowout situation for the Greyhounds. And look, hey, we're I'm 1-0 in Loyola hat games. Put the hat right? on, Tom. Put the hat on. 1-0 in Loyola hat games. We're going for 2-0. <laughs> Loyola minus six. That's one of my plays today. I like it. I, I, you know, Loyola doesn't have necessarily the matchup advantage down low that they've had in, in past Patriot League games. Maybe that gives them some sort of an edge because it seems like they lose in overtime or at least a single overtime at every single Patriot League game they play or by a possession. They have like five losses by a single possession. It's The variance is crazy, but if you can't close games, you can't close games. Um, but, but I will say, I think uh, Loyola Maryland has the advantage on the glass today. A really good offensive rebounding team. Um, and a really good defensive rebounding team, too. Top three in both categories in the Patriot League um, I, on Kempom in terms of offensive and defensive rebounding rates. So I, I agree. If I was to pick a side, even with the line move, I would take Loyola Maryland, but I'm not going to lay six points now, five and a half, six points uh, with Loyola Maryland. So there's your there's your bet. There's your Patriot League bet. You almost, you almost got a full card. Almost got a full card. And remember, Lehigh's got three wins this year. One was the opener against Lafayette where they hit a half-court three in overtime, and the other two were against Holy Cross. Every other game, they've been pretty much handled. So that's a team I think you're looking towards next year with their youth. Uh, long layoffs with youth, to me, that spells trouble. So that's why I'm going to lay it with Loyola today. All right. Uh, let's keep it going, man, on the card. Uh, back to high major programs, back to reality, Tom, as I like to call it. Texas hey, the, Tech, the, the bank don't care where the money comes from, baby. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's very true. Uh, Texas Tech at Kansas, a big game in the Big 12. Texas Tech, see, I, when I look at this line, when I looked at it yesterday, and I watched, I bet on Kansas State on Wednesday. That was not fun. They were they're actually covering a good amount of the game. Uh, Gordon, one of the one of the Gordons, two of, they have two Gordons on K-State, play Deshaun Gordon. Had a big first half, kept K-State in the game just off of dribble drive because K-State can't shoot threes for their for the life of them. And Kansas didn't hit many threes in that game either. But I feel like the market is inflating this line a little bit to Kansas. And in terms of the books, at least, the market's come back on Texas Tech. Uh, it opened at two. It's down to one and a half. So, again, it's a good example of just the handle, right? Because the handle is much bigger for this game. So money might be coming in on Kansas a little bit and more money might be coming in on Tech. But the lines move about a half a point. I think you're getting some value with Tech because, yes, they've had a little bit of a layoff since, what, like mid-last week? 
they, they were supposed to play TCU twice this week. Both of those games got postponed because of weather in Texas. So it's not like they've had a COVID layoff. It's not like they haven't practiced. Like you were talking about with some of the teams in the Patriot League and across college basketball, just looking at layoffs coming into today in college basketball. I, I think that kind of gives us a little bit of an edge on Texas Tech because the market hasn't adjusted correctly enough. Let's say Tech blows out TCU twice. The line's probably a pick, and I don't think that's a, a major over-exaggeration. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think with layoffs too, one of the things one of the things I found is I like going against teams that that aren't very good coming off layoffs. You know, we saw Michigan come off a month layoff and they won. So I think we got to be careful with too many of the of the layoffs. The I don't think the Texas Tech being off a little bit's gonna hurt them that much. Maybe they start a little slow, but I think by the time the first five minutes of the game gets going, they'll be fine. The interesting thing here for me is uh, today we're going to find out what Kansas is, right? If you look at their wins, you know, since February, it's two over Kansas State, two over Iowa State, Oklahoma State, which is a good win. But, you know, they got blown out by Tennessee and West Virginia. So is this just a team that's beaten up on the bottom feeders or are they really that much improved? Right. I'm not buying into them yet. I, I got to see this game today. I'm not going to touch it. I want to see. I, I do think it's going to be a close, tight game. But like you said, I think the line is a little bit inflated to the Jayhawks just by their uh, recency bias of who they've beaten. And you go back to where that line closed when Kansas and Texas Tech played at the beginning of the conference play uh, in, I think it was late December or, yeah, mid December with Kansas and Texas Tech. Texas Tech shot six of 23 from three. And Kansas zoned him in the second half to their credit. Mac McClung looked like he had never faced a zone in his life. I took Texas Tech in that game. They opened at around a point and a half. I got two points of closing line value, and they lose the game by a point. Had a shot to win it late, whether, whether it was by one or two. Um, I think Ibaji had a game-winning layup on the inbounds pass. Uh, Kansas, I mean, Bill Self, one of the best after-timeout coaches in college basketball, just in terms of set plays. If Kansas zones them again, which they very well could, because even though this Kansas defense has length, like you said, they played Iowa State, who they match up well against twice in the last week and a half. They played K-State, who can't shoot a three for their life. We keep hearing it uh, among sharp batters. You and I keep talking about it. Can Texas Tech finally get their three-point shooting going? Because they're in the bottom tier, bottom two, bottom three in the Big 12 in three-point scoring rate and in three-point field goal percentage. I think this is kind of a get right spot against a Kansas team that is very susceptible from three. And if, if, if Bill self decides to zone him again, I think Chris Beard makes him pay. I think these shooters finally come to play. I think McClung has a better game than he did in the second half. I mean, mind you, Texas tech was on the verge of blowing out Kansas in that game. They were up by seven, just couldn't hit shots down the stretch. I, I think their shootings approved. This is a better team than what we saw in December. So we're talking about a five point difference in the closing line from that game. I'll be on tech today. So you're on Texas Tech. Yes. I, I mean, I think it's an interesting game because Kansas does have some good wins on its resume. You know, they beat Creighton, they beat Tech, they beat West Virginia, they beat Oklahoma. But what were those wins? No, I was just, well, if you let me finish my thought, I would get to that point. Ooh, <laughs> I was just going to say their last really good win was Oklahoma on January 9th. So, you know, they've had a couple opportunities since and, you know, Frankly, they've gotten blown out. Uh, Oklahoma State is their one good win. Uh, so I do agree. I think the line, and we're going to talk about Duke later on too. Hey, maybe these teams are turning the corner. 
but I got to see it first against somebody who's not Iowa State who doesn't have a who hasn't won a game since December. Right. No, I, and, I, who I'm you, and, and who you and who you'll be back in, I'm sure later today. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. I, man, I, I'm surprised the market's gone the other way. I know Oklahoma's playing good basketball, but a little bit surprised there. Just looking at it um, again from a from a uh, on the flip side of the ball with with Kansas. Um, obviously, this team could shoot. They've been a little inconsistent in the latter part of Big 12 play. Texas Tech giving up the highest uh, opponents three-point scoring rate, so that means where the opposition's points are coming from. A lot of Texas Tech's opponents have been able to expose them from three, but that's another area where you've got to think at some point the tides start to turn. And again, you're giving Tech uh, about, like, what? A, a week-plus off in between their last game and this game. And Chris Beard having that much time to prep for Kansas in a revenge spot, that does mean a lot to this Texas Tech team. And if, if Texas Tech is going to turn the corner, you're getting some value here in terms of the way the market is gauging Texas Tech. Yeah, and like you said, they played on February 9th. The, like I mentioned, American. American hasn't played since January 24th. And that's that was a big difference. Right. That, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like there's there's a big I think when we look at layoffs, they're not all the same. Uh, not playing since mid to late January is different than playing two weeks ago. So I don't think the layoff's going to be a big issue. I just want to see is this, you know, I, I know Dickie V's telling us, oh, yeah, Kansas's defense, it's improved. Well, we'll see. We'll find out today if this is, if Kansas is the real deal or if they're just the frauds we thought they were a couple weeks ago. I will say Kansas's defense overall, like they have the length to be good. McCormick's playing really good. He's averaging a double double. They needed that after losing Azabuki. Uh, moving on here, Missouri at South Carolina. Injury news for South Carolina. Kuznard isn't uh, expected to play, but Jeremiah Tillman is back from Mizzou after they blew a double-digit lead to Georgia earlier in the week. Missouri coming off three straight losses against a another desperate team, not a tournament team, but a desperate team in South Carolina. Yeah, this to me is a get-right spot for Missouri. The yeah, uh, It's been a tough year for South Carolina. Uh, they've had a lot of issues now they got some more injury news. Missouri coming off three straight losses. And when you look at their losses, and to me, this is the type of team that's going to give Missouri trouble, are those athletic, fast-paced teams, right? Like uh, Georgia, like Arkansas. The they, they beat Alabama, but I think that kind of team can hurt them. South Carolina turns the ball over way too much. Uh, so they're going to... No, they do, but the, South Carolina is going to try to play fast in this game. Yeah. I think Missouri is going to have uh, have success slowing them down and getting them in their kind of pace today. I like Missouri with a bounce back win here. Okay, yeah, I I would I would agree. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lay it. So you're not playing it. It's just a lean for you. With no, Missouri. only because uh, because of what you said, Missouri. If South Carolina can get their pace going early, kind of get a lead on them. Missouri does turn the ball over quite a bit. So I, I don't like that kind of game for Missouri today. Market consensus on this game is Mizzou minus three. We're looking at a total. It's sitting at 150 and a half. So pretty high total. And uh, South Carolina plus 140 on the money line. Any any quick thoughts on the total? It might be, even, even though, like you said, South Carolina wants to speed you up and maybe Mizzou's hitting their shots from three and consistent perimeter shooting team overall. But if they're on from three, and you get a high-paced game, then this could go over the total, but maybe a little bit inflated. Yeah, I don't like the total. You know, I see I see March 2nd, South Carolina plays Arkansas. Oh, good Lord. Um, and I, we, I, I caught a bad break today. Uh, Arkansas was going to play Texas A&M, and I was going to put team. my children's unborn children 
on <laughs> on Arkansas. I had a whole bit going with a stuffed animal. I mean, it was going to be good. What uh, we stuffed were animal? Have... You texted me that. You texted me that yesterday. What were you? Going oh to yeah, do? you're under the assumption I don't have pillow pets for like 25 different colleges. The we're we're crazy over think, here. I don't think we're, anyone's under the assumption that you have pillow pets for. Listen, there was a store in Albany, New York, who had a bunch of these pillow pets, and they couldn't sell them. So every year for Christmas, I'd go there, and the same ones would be there, and the guy would recognize me. And at, at one point, he just started giving them away. He's like, "I can't stand to see these damn things anymore. I'll give you like ten of them for twenty bucks." So I ended up with a bunch of pillow pets, and we have an Arkansas one, which I had a whole bit ready, but game got canceled. COVID gets me again. Is that uh is that before or after you you had kids or was that before or after you had kids? Oh, that was after. I mean, do you think that I have uh like stuffed animals on my bed? I'm like 50 years old. <laughs> I'm just making sure. I'm just making no, sure. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Got to <laughs> clarify. All right. So a lean to Missouri for both of us. I think Tillman coming back is. I mean, this offense run runs through Tillman, and, and even though South Carolina isn't an awful team defending inside the arc or defending the interior. This is a must-win game for Missouri. Yeah. Uh, even though they're they're a tournament team, still a huge game, uh, and the market agrees with with that consensus as well. Uh, a, a huge game in the Big Twelve for both teams. Big game for the three versus the four line in the NCAA tournament seating uh, for NCAA tournament seating purposes. Um, West Virginia getting three right now against Texas. So Texas laying the three at home. Both teams have had some time off. Actually, this line up to three and a half, or at least it can be. Still three at some other books. Total of 147 and West Virginia plus 140 on the money line. This one opened at, at four, which I was surprised about. I expected it to be about two, two and a half on the opener. Yeah, that's what I had too. I had about two on Texas. Uh, you know, I, I I know you're going to be on West Virginia probably here. I, I like West Virginia in this game too. I just, I don't know if I'm going to bet it because I just feel like it's going to be tied with uh, these teams is West Virginia. You're getting over a possession. No, I know. I, I but, and I, and I, I, I like the bet. I, I don't know. I said, uh, w- 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 this game's at three o'clock. Let's, let's see how my, let's see what the, how my Loyola game does at, at one. <laughs> and then I'll text you and let you know if I'm on West Virginia. The, but no, I I think this sets up. I like taking the underdogs in these games because, like I said, they're so close. West Virginia and Oklahoma played last Saturday. I mean, an unbelievable basketball game. I think all these teams have a chance to do damage, uh, you know, in the tournament. I will say that uh, it, this is this is a game where I think Texas can offset West Virginia's rebounding a little bit. So that concerns me. But other than that, I would take the points here with the three. It, it's a good point, and you think about the last two, uh, last time these two teams played. I think the rebounding margin was about plus four for West Virginia. I mean, Texas has the size to do it. I was texting with one of your guys yesterday, Reed Wallach, Beck UL contributor. Shout out to Reed, big fan of the show. We appreciate his support. Um, Texas has been big man you pretty much, like the last decade, and at least since Shaka Smart's got there. I will say, Greg Brown doesn't go there without getting paid. I, I know that for an absolute fact. So you don't get one of the best freshmen in college basketball unless you have some money under the table. But it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't uh, take that away from them today because you have Brown, you have Sims, you're healthy in the front court. Texas has been off too. They were supposed to play Oklahoma. I was hoping that we were going to get that Texas Oklahoma matchup uh, because I thought Texas was going to cover uh, as at least maybe a two two and a half point dog to Oklahoma if not win that game outright. And I would have loved West Virginia in the spot even more having the week off in between the Oklahoma loss going into this Texas game. So Texas does have maybe the market on its side, even though the line opened at four down to three, now back up to three and a half. I think Texas might be turning a corner, but you're getting a possession with West Virginia, a team that can 
really rebound the ball on the offensive glass. One of the best gang rebounding teams in college basketball because it's not like you have two bigs up front or at least two traditional bigs like they had with Culver and Shibway. Now it's just Culver and and they I mean they pound you on the glass. I met Matthews is like a six 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 seven wing and he's an elite offensive rebounder in in his own regard. So I think if West Virginia can at least collect you know ten offensive rebounds, get to the line, which is what they do, they pound you on the offensive glass and they get to the free throw line, they can keep this thing within a possession. I just like to thank everybody for listening to our last show before Shaka Smart uh, uh, sends in his uh, lawsuit on Monday uh, for Eli, uh, telling us that he I didn't paid. Say, uh, I didn't say who. I didn't say from where. Hey, hey it was a nice run. Uh, uh, we, we, we can't even remember what show this is, but however, however long it was, it was fun. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, moving along here on the uh, college basketball card. We have Minnesota and Illinois, a game that we've been talking about a lot this week over text. After about three or four messages, I realized I can't bet the game in Illinois, so that's unfortunate. But this line is sitting at, I believe the consensus consensus market line is actually down to four. So four, four and a half, uh, the Illini favored by a couple of possessions against Minnesota. Total in this game is, I believe, well, can't pull it up on my book. Do you have a total and a money line price here for uh, for Minnesota, Illinois, Tom? Um, I have to look it up. Hang on. Let me pull it up actually on Don Best. We're seeing a total of, you know, I'll get you the total in a second. What, what are, you, are you still back in Minnesota? Is this still a, a spot play for you or are you staying away? Uh, I lean Minnesota. I got four and a half um, plus 175 on the money line and 146 on the total here. So I, I, lean, I, I have a strong lean to Minnesota. I don't know if I'm going to play it today. Uh, the four points wasn't wasn't really what I was looking for. I, I was hoping it would be more around six. I think it's going to be a close game. Like you said, Illinois has been kind of playing with fire uh, in a couple of these games, going down to the wire. We know Minnesota's strong at home, bad on the road. I was just hoping for a little bit more value on the spread. But it started, I believe, five, five and a half. Then it went down, and it's sitting at four, four and a half at most books. The The one key thing for me, for Minnesota. And if I, if I could have bet on Minnesota, if I, if I wasn't in the state of Illinois, I guess I could bet this offshore, but took a lot of my money off out of offshore. When I moved to Pennsylvania about a year and a half ago, they were legal now back in Illinois. It's legal here. Obviously Gabe Kalsher being out for Minnesota is a huge loss, Mm -hmm. even though they got blown out in Illinois with Kalsher playing, you don't have your best perimeter defender against one of the best guards in college basketball, maybe the best closer right now in the country. And I would assume so Maybe Minnesota keeps this thing in a possession. Maybe Marcus Carr lights it up at the barn like he has all year. The guys, the guy plays like he's Naismith Player of the Year when he's up in Minnesota, and then when they when they go on the road, they get smacked around. But uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would kind of lean Illinois right now. The way the, the way the lines moved, and especially without Kalsher, Liam Robbins is gimpy on that ankle. Uh, their best big up front, the Drake transfer. I, I would, I would lean Illinois, and uh, but I can't bet it. So even if I could, I would stay away. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I like the spot for Minnesota coming home, but I don't like the matchup. I don't really give them an edge anywhere in this game. So if you're betting it, you're just betting the spot. And like I said, if I got six, six and a half, I would have thought about diving in here. But four, that's just not good enough for me because they could be down three late miss. I mean, that's I need more than four to get some value with the Gophers here. On to the next game, Florida State at Pitt. This line's been fluctuating for the last you know, 24 hours. It opened at around six and a half for, uh, for Florida State on the road to Pitt. 
then down to five and a half, back up to six and a half. Now back down to five and a half. The consensus market price is Florida State land five and a half on the road at Pittsburgh. The total in this game is 146 and Pitt is plus 195 on the money line. This is one of those spots where Pitt's coming off what? Like six losses in their, in their last seven games. Um, three straight losses for, for the Panthers. This team is awful defensively. We saw it last week or on Sunday, the last time they played against Georgia Tech. I like this team offensively. One of the best players in the ACC in Champagny, um, the brother of, of Champagny on St. John's. I just, I can't get, I can't get myself there with, uh, with the way they defend against a Florida State team where it, 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 whether it's in transition or the half court, they can burn you with their athleticism. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, that the one game they had, we actually were on them against Virginia Tech. That was the that was the last time they played well. The I mean, you can't lose at home to NC State. You just can't. Uh, that that can't have that. I almost took that was the last game I took off my card for the week um, when we did our Tuesday podcast. I, but I liked Pitt in that game, getting three. But I looked at, kept looking at it, and said something doesn't make sense here. That I feel like this should be higher than three. And that, you know, then they go out and lose that game outright. You mentioned something about their defense. I wouldn't hate the over in this game. Uh, I think this is a game where Florida State can really flex its muscles offensively. I, I like think that. Pitt. I think Pitt sc- will score enough here. Um, so I don't hate the over. Again, I don't bet a lot of totals, but definitely staying away from the side. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. No, it's it's a good point. And just going back to the NC State game after the Georgia Tech game. Um, NC State was without one of their best. I mean, towards ACL, Devin Daniels, and you lose that game at home outright. They, like you said, they have the offense to get it done. They have the offense to hang around in the game, but can they keep this thing within a couple of possessions down the stretch when you can't hold your old defensively? This isn't a good pit team in terms of rebounding percentage on the glass. And, and Florida State's controlling the glass and they're getting out of transition. This could be, uh, you know, a double digit win for FSU on the road, even though it's a, a good spot play. If, if Going back to our original conversation at the beginning of the show, if, if this is traditional home court, might yeah. lean a little bit more towards Pitt. But since it's not going to stay away, and uh, maybe I would play FSU live if they're down at the break, something like that. But no play for me in this game. Yeah, and real quick, you mentioned like NC State. I don't hate Wake Forest today. Um, I don't love them, but I don't hate them. I was looking at that game hard. Wake Forest at home against NC State, like you said, without one of their best players uh, coming off the Pitt win. Uh I think Wake Forest could be a Wake Forest much much better at home um, than on the road, so that is worth a look at least. You know, one game I, w- I want to go back, and uh, one game on the card that we didn't mention on the earlier slate. And now we're starting to get to later in the afternoon is Notre Dame at, at Syracuse. Your favorite person on earth, Jim Beheim, uh, with that zone against a Notre Dame team that could shoot it. Any any quick thoughts on that game? No, and that's the reason why I think the game comes down to Notre Dame shooting threes. The Notre Dame's on a team like UNC or Louisville, who plays that zone pretty well, are going to go inside out on it. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. Uh, it's hard for me to bet a game when I don't know, are they going to shoot 50% from three or 25% from, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think Syracuse has a lot of edges in this game. Uh, I like them a little bit, but I can't trust a coach who's not going to change his defense if the other team's hot from three. I mean, can you imagine saying that about a guy who's got 10,000 wins that he won't change his defense? I mean, am I the am, am I not getting it? Like, what don't I understand? The guy's got a million wins and he won't change his – if Notre Dame opens 10 for 12 from three, this guy will not change his defense. I can't trust that. 
the, my issue on the flip side, like you mentioned, Syracuse's defense, Notre Dame's defense is atrocious. It's awful. Now, <laughs> Syracuse isn't the team that's going to burn you in transition. Like even Miami without Chris likes. I know Miami didn't cover that game last Sunday, but they were covering 90, 95% of that game. Um, I mean, they can get on transition. Syracuse is athletic, but they run more of a slower tempo. They're going to slow it down uh, more so than speed you up. So that's kind of, I, I don't see uh, enough in this game, even though the market is trending towards Syracuse, to find value in a in a market consensus line of Q's laying three at home to Notre Dame, even though I think they win this game. And I think the market might be a little too high on Notre Dame, just overall, not, not the way the line is moving, but just overall right now at the Irish. Uh, not enough value for me to bet Q's. Uh, no, but if, uh, if, if no, but if Notre Dame's on early, you could live bet the over because Pitt, uh, uh, Syracuse is going to play the same defense until I die, so it doesn't matter. All right, and I guess to that point, don't bet, don't lie about Syracuse if Notre Dame's on from three. No, <laughs> the, way this, uh, the way this zone goes for for the orange. Um, along, uh, moving along here, Auburn at LSU. This line, the market consensus is. Auburn getting four and a half on the road at LSU. Um, one book has it at four, and total in this game is sitting at uh, 164 and a half, and Auburn is plus 165 on the money line. Yeah, this is a this is my other play today. I'm gonna take I got the four with LSU. Um, and I know we talked before the Tennessee game. I said, you know, I'd be it'd be interesting to see if LSU is one of those teams that can get on a late season run here. Uh, to me, Auburn's one of those teams where just everything's gone wrong this year. I don't even look at that score at the Kentucky game. They got blown out of the gym by Kentucky. That 82-80, no way. They should have lost that game by 15 points. So, you know, they're coming to LSU. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Reed Wallach, one of our writers, made a very good point in his article. Uh, you can read his stuff on Radio.com and BetQL, the turnover percentage. For all, I mean, both these teams want to play fast, but Auburn turns the ball over a ton. LSU pretty good at turning people over, and LSU doesn't turn the ball over. So I think if this is the fast-paced game, which I expect it to be, it's just going to be – I mean, Auburn will score some, but it's just going to be too much LSU. I see this being like an 88-73 kind of game for the Tigers covering the four at home. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't know how – like, Sharif Cooper hasn't gotten exposed in some of these games that Auburn's played. I mean, even go back to the Baylor game, they covered that one. I know it was a, a big line, like 14 and a half. But I don't know how Bruce Pearl is able to hide Sharif Cooper defensively against a really athletic LSU team. We mentioned that with LSU Tennessee last weekend. Well, LSU's three-point shooting can be a little inconsistent. Uh, Cam Thomas, I mean, smart days. Like, if if Auburn isn't shooting well, which they're a little inconsistent um, from behind the arc, LSU's going to get on transition. They're going to pound this team around the rim. So I, even though this line might be a little inflated over two possessions, I kind of like LSU, but a little inflated to the point where I'm going to stay away, uh, but I would lean the Tigers. Yeah. And it's, I mean, listen, LSU doesn't play any defense. So, I mean, are they going to give up 85, 88 points? We would so. try not, you know, I'm saying, you know, we're not going to cover. Uh, they have those games where they just don't play any defense at all. We, I mean, I, when they played Alabama, I never seen so many wide open three pointers in my life. So they got to have some effort on that defensive end. Uh, to get this game. But if they do that, I think, it, I think the way they can turn Auburn over gets the cover. Stanford at Washington State. This comes down to me if Isaac Bontemps plays for Wazoo. Didn't play uh, earlier last or earlier in the week against Cal. They still blew him out. But if you're going to compete with Stanford, who's playing really good, really good ball, man. I they're healthy. I know we lost that Colorado I, game. Can you believe game. it? 
Can you believe it, man? Stanford hasn't lost a game in a month. Colorado hasn't won a game in a month, except the time they played, and we had Stanford. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was the first game that everybody was back. Zaire Williams came back. I mean, uh, it was a yeah, it was a play, great but... spot to take Stanford too, and uh, they got <laughs> game was never close. I'm high on this team for the tournament. I, I love their guards. They can cause a lot of problems with the way they can score and they can defend. Um, I, I I'm really high on Stanford, so not a lot of value to me in Wazoo, even if Bonton plays. Not a good spot either with Wazoo coming off that big win over Cal earlier. I think it was Thursday night. But, and you do make make a real quick, just a good point. Like when you go in the tournament. Don't just look at teams' records and seedings because of everything that's happened this year. I would I would strongly suggest finding teams that got healthy in this final month and started yep. turning it on because those are teams that could make a run in March. And Stanford's one of them. They you know they have one of the best freshmen in the country. Like you said, they defend when they're all there. That's not a that's not a great matchup for teams on a quick turnaround in the tournament. And while Washington, the Huskies are awful this year. I mean, even with Quad Green coming back. <laughs> That was a game and a spot that I was considering Washington. They were starting to play a little better. And I mean, they won at Wazoo. Bonton didn't play, but Green didn't play either for, for Washington. One of the ugliest games you'll ever watch. In college basketball can be ugly to begin with. But um, yeah, I thought that was a decent spot for Washington, but Stanford blew them out by double digits. This is a this is a really good Stanford team that's turning it uh, on. You would you would think honestly, what's their what's their futures price? I'm just or at least maybe you can get a decent Final Four ticket. We'll talk about it. On, uh, yeah. on Tuesday's podcast. And, and one quick thing, though. Watch out. Colorado is playing their fourth straight road game today at Oregon, Oregon State. State, right? That's a good Oregon yeah. State team. And, and listen, I hope Oregon. I hope they lose because Thursday, Colorado returns home and gets USC. Now, to me, that's an interesting one. I, I might be on Colorado there. You bring up USC. Let's get to that game here. Uh, Arizona against uh, Arizona uh, against USC today. The market opened this thing at seven and a half. It's down to six. So we've seen about a point in line movement over the last maybe couple hours, more so in the last, uh, maybe, maybe more so in the two hours ago rather than now. I think the market's been pretty stable at around uh, USC laying the six. Total in this game is 139 and a half, and Arizona is plus 215 on the money line. I like Arizona in this game. Even though the even though the market has moved a little bit, we're not getting as much value, and it's tough because I want to try to get the best price for everybody. You know, we're we're all we're our you know we're all motion here in the morning as we're trying to get ready for the show. On the glass, I know this USC team is playing so well, and you know everyone's trying to find that spot where USC is going to go down. That's why that's why money's coming in on Arizona. Besides other factors, you're you're trying to find a, a buy a, a sell high spot on on USC. And I think you're getting a little bit of value here with Arizona. Um, USC wants to pound you down low with with their uh, Evan Mobley, one of the best freshmen in college basketball, projected top two, top three pick in the NBA draft. I think Kate Cunningham still is the best freshman in college basketball, but Mobley's making the case. Third highest two-point scoring rate in Pac-12 play. Uh, Arizona is giving up the like third or fourth lowest in terms of interior scoring defense, uh, two-point scoring rate, opponents' two-point scoring rate. I think this team's able to rebound well. USC, number one offensive rebounding rate in the Pac-12. Uh, Arizona, second best defensive rebounding rate. I love this team's size, and I think they're able to keep this thing within a couple possessions. All right, this one's all you. I don't have a strong opinion on this one. I, I Listen, if USC wins this game by three, everybody wins, because then I can take Colorado on Thursday. Be perfect. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be a tight game. And even though 
like we're getting a point and a half less of value in, in Arizona. I still think there's enough value to take this because of how Arizona matches up in the front court. They they can like un, unlike who did USC just beat Arizona State. Arizona I, State. Yeah, they they blew them out. But ASU has no size to match up against Mobley either. Mobley. Yeah, the the problem with ASU is that they they really really stink. Uh, I I mean I know people keep waiting for them to play better. They're no good. Uh, and that's it. Uh, so uh, be, beating up on Arizona State doesn't impress me. Right. Um, and and to your point, Christopher and Bagley, two of Arizona State's best freshmen, their, their two best freshmen, didn't play in that game. So uh, so I'll be on Arizona. So just recapping our bets so far, I am on Texas Tech. I am on West Virginia. And I'm on Arizona. I'll tweet out those plays as soon as the show wraps up. Tom, for you, you have one, uh, light, you have one Patriot League play. And that's it, right? No, I have Loyola and LSU. Oh, right. You you are taking LSU, right? Yeah, right. and then we got the Brinks truck play on Michigan tomorrow. We'll get to that game in about five minutes. Uh, moving along here, Oklahoma at Iowa State, one of my favorite plays on the board. We saw Iowa State matched up against Oklahoma in their last game. They were like 14.5-point dogs on the opener, closed around 12.5, shot above 50% from three. This is just not a good matchup for Oklahoma. One of the worst three-point scoring defenses in the Big 12. Um, and Iowa State can shoot it. Rasier Bolton pounded Oklahoma off the dribble and created, I mean, he hit five threes of his own in that game. But with Harris and Coleman Lance and even uh, Johnson, I think, uh, or Jackson for Iowa State, I think Iowa State's able to have another good three-point shooting game. I was, or Oklahoma's been off for about a week since the West Virginia game last Saturday. A, a little bit of a sleepy spot uh, after a huge win on the road at, at West Virginia for them. I think you're getting some value here above three possessions. Yeah, I'm going to do, you have a pretty good read on this Iowa State team, which is shocking because they have two wins over Jackson State and Arkansas Pine Bluff and haven't won a game before Christmas. So I got to give you props for having a good read on a team that's that bad. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you, you, you've been on the right side of them a couple of times here. Uh, you seem to know when they're going to perform well and, and keep, <laughs> keep the game close. I don't know how you're doing it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm obviously really high on Oklahoma. Um, I think higher than you probably, but I, I, I'm going to go with you on this one. I'll, uh, it's not one of my official picks, but I'll be riding you. Uh, and who knows? What time is this game? Uh, six. six oh, seven, six. Seven, I mean, Loyola and LSU lose. That could be uh, that could be Cyclones money line. Buck, a buck 50 on a Cyclone. You never know with me. You know, I said it last week, and I, I mean, I, that was just an awful call on my end, saying that maybe maybe Gonzaga goes down. Maybe that's their one conference loss. It was not. It was, it was not. <laughs> the first score I saw was 20 to 2. I saw 17 to 2. <laughs> um, I think the game wasn't being broadcasted. I looked at my phone. I'm like, oh, well, that's uh, it's not happening. Um, I, I think if Iowa State gets one conference win here in the next, I mean, you just look at their schedule so far. And you go back to, like, having a good read on Iowa State really quick. State, their last game blew them out by 18. Oklahoma State will pound you down low. Iowa State, one of the worst interior defenses in college basketball and obviously in the Big 12. Um, but that's not really Oklahoma's game. They want to get to the free throw line. They want to, they, they do want to run on you a little bit. But if Iowa State's hitting their threes, this is a cover for Iowa State. They covered the entire game against Oklahoma the last time around. A really good matchup here for the Cyclones. So I'll be back in Iowa State. Uh, moving along here on the card. DePaul at St. John's, fuck it. We don't have time to talk yeah. about that game. Uh, Virginia, Virginia at Duke. Uh, your, your thoughts on the who's coming off that uh, double-digit, I mean, 20-point loss at Florida State on Monday. And Duke playing better basketball, but the market is still on UVA in a bounce-back spot. 
Yeah, I, I like Virginia here. I, I think, uh, listen, to me, there are certain teams Duke's always going to own. In, in the state of North Carolina, uh, you know, Wake Forest, NC State, I liked them both in both of those games too, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't lay it with Duke. But I thought they were going to blow out both of those teams, so that doesn't really surprise me. I got to see them do it against Virginia, man. And you're talking about a team that's in the 300s defending the three-point shot. If Virginia's if Virginia's making shots from the outside, not only will they cover, I think they'll win this game by double digits. I I mean, the key to this game is Duke hitting threes. So it's not, I mean, this team is pretty inconsistent in, in ACC play. I just, I, I do like the way they're playing. I, I'm not going to back Virginia. Um, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to take any piece of the side because I don't trust Duke, but they are playing better. Like to your guys' credit, uh, Jim Beheim. They are playing better without Jalen Johnson and with uh, Bayham's comments and with some reporters. That's comments because about, that's because he shouldn't be saying that. It's like one of my buddies said, that's got to be great for recruiting. Right. Let, let, let me tear into some other kids. I'm not going to get into it. But Jim Bayheim is an asshole. And that's it there. You got me to swear. You happy? I think so. Uh, but he was like, you're right. hundred percent. And I'm not, not saying his point is wrong. I'm right. just saying he shouldn't be the one to be given it. Right. No, you're hundred percent right on that. Some other reporters calling out Jalen Johnson, maybe not the best thing to do from an ethical right. standpoint, but he did listen. He opted out. He had every right to opt out and Duke is playing better basketball without him. Those are both two facts. Um, no, they are. And just real quick, that's why I'm not betting the game. I do like Virginia, but maybe Duke has turned it around. You know, like I said, today is we'll find out with Duke and Kansas. Uh, have they turned it around or not? My gut tells me Virginia, but I'm not going to play it. Right. No, I, I'm with you. I would, I would actually lean towards Duke the way the market's moving in this game. So I think it's still around one and a half with the UVA up to two. Uh, total of 129 and a half. Duke is plus 112 on the money line. I would lean towards Duke getting up, getting a uh, little less than a, a full possession at home, especially if they're on from three. I mean, Florida State shot the lights out. They, yeah, they that did. Three, that three-point shooting has yet to dip for Florida State. And I'm just curious when it's going to because you can't shoot that well. For this long of a period of time, yeah, that was one of the, that was one of the better performances of the year in any game. Um, was Florida State on Monday, but yeah, I don't think I bet a Virginia game in three years. I mean, I got enough ulcers. Betting their games is like getting a damn root canal. So I, the we'll see what happens here, but I, I would lean Virginia. On to okay, I would I would lean Duke getting about a possession. Uh, Arizona State at UCLA here. I know you're talking a lot of smack. I just think UCLA is a little bit overvalued in this spot. You know, the, 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 you've mentioned it a couple of times. The team doesn't really defend, you know, I think, uh, you know, they played the the ESPN game against Arizona and I think that's altering this line a little bit. I I mean, I, I, my point on Arizona state was, I think people just keep waiting for them to get better. Like Wisconsin, you know, I I'm at fault for Wisconsin, keep kind of waiting for them to get better, but it's, you know, the end of February. They're not going to get any better. They're no good. But getting uh, getting this kind of number against UCLA, I, I do not hate taking Arizona State today. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'll be on ASU. I think the market price is still, last game we're going to break down before we had Ohio State, or it's up to eight. So you can still get ASU at eight, which I think is you're getting around three possessions for a team that UCLA, unless like Juzang, is and the rest of those three-point shooters are just deadly and, and they can't miss and and you're not attacking the rim as much as which is what UCLA wants to do, averaging the fourth highest two-point scoring rate in Pac-12 play. ASU's pick and roll defense is very good. And that's what UCLA wants to do with with Tiger Campbell is pick and roll even without Chris Smith. They'll do it uh, with Cody Riley, who was uh who played in that last actually I don't think he did play against ASU, but one quick note actually 
on that last game between ASU and UCLA. Uh, that was a close game, went to overtime. ASU was just coming off the COVID layoff, and Remy Martin didn't play. So I think you're you're getting around for eight possessions. Market might be reacting to that game a little bit and just the way ASU got blown out by USC without Bagley, without Christopher. If those two guys play, you're getting a, a lot of value with ASU tonight against UCLA. So if you want to wait, I get it. Uh, but I, I would take ASU getting the eight. Yeah, I already uh, I already got the ASU money line uh, lined up here for when Loyola's down 12 at half. So well, uh, that might be a good spot to take the underdog outright. I like it. I, I, hey, man, I think a lot of dogs can. I think this is a dog kind of day. And for my sake, I really hope it is. Uh, <laughs> move it. Okay. Before we get to Iowa State uh, and uh, Michigan, really quick. So, we're just recapping our bets here. Um, I am on Texas Tech. I am on West Virginia. I am on Arizona. I'm on Iowa State. And I'm on Arizona State. Uh, and why don't you roll through your bets before we get to tomorrow really fast? Yeah, I'm on Loyola and I'm on LSU. But my favorite bet of the weekend comes Sunday. And let's get to it. Michigan on the road at Ohio State. The look at line for this game, I'm oh, they do still have it up. Ohio State minus one and a half is the look ahead line. The market's gonna come in. I almost guarantee you this line closes at a pick. Mm-hmm. Michigan the way the the way the market set set up for this game at, at two and a half and and money coming in on Michigan down to one and a half, at least at Canby. I, I would expect I don't think this is gonna go all the way to Michigan minus one, but I think this closes at a pick. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think uh, you'll see uh, the, the line move to Michigan here. And listen, these are, I, I don't want to disparage Ohio State here. They're a great, great basketball team. They have a ton of big wins. To me, I just think this is a, a bad matchup for them in the interior. Michigan has the best front line, maybe outside of Gonzaga in college basketball, in my opinion. And when you look at Michigan's one weakness, as you mentioned a couple weeks ago, they don't generate turnovers. Well, Ohio State doesn't either. So <laughs> there's no advantage there really in generating turnovers. So if they get into a half-court kind of game, which is I think Michigan wants to do, I think it's too much beef down low. I know I was hoping you wouldn't take Michigan because you've been fading Ohio State for three months. And I thought, I boy, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great if Eli finally jumped ship here? Abs- I would double down on the not. Wolverines. No. <laughs> but to me, and we'll see, we'll find out tomorrow. But to me, Michigan is the clear third best team in the country. And I think they show it on the road at Ohio State. I'm with you. This is a Final Four team. We saw it against Rutgers, even though Rutgers backdoored my, my Rutgers Scarlet Knights. We can't talk about the uh, the uh, the dorm that you wanted to create for me, I guess. With Rutgers. <laughs> First of the I like it. It kind of goes nice. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there there is no like true matchup advantage just in terms no. of interior scoring or perimeter scoring. But Michigan is is the better basketball team. And also, one quick note: I mentioned this with Rutgers earlier in the week. Michigan turns it over a little too much. Ohio State doesn't turn you over, and it, it's a it's a point that you like to bring up in terms of matchups. Like if you can't, and this might seem obvious to some people, but if you can't take advantage of one team's weakness, um, especially with Michigan having a little bit of a higher turnover rate, um, especially with their guard play. I, I like Mike Smith, but the uh, the mid-major transfer, but he could turn it over a little too much. I, I, if you get Michigan anything at a pick or, or better, uh, Wolverine should win this game. They're a Final Four team. They're the toughest matchup for Gonzaga or Baylor, even though I like Illinois. Um, Michigan wins this game tomorrow. Yeah, and real quick, I like it's their third game back off the lay- the month layoff here. Like, I'll be honest with you, you had Penn State against Ohio State and Rutgers versus Michigan on the other night. I was watching both those games. If you said live, which one are you going to cover? 
I would have said Penn State for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I know you covered the other one, but to me, Michigan dominated that game pretty much start to finish, where Penn State was in that game against Ohio State. Ohio State just doesn't miss any damn three-pointers. <laughs> I mean, everything Dwayne they should Washington go. is automatic. Unbelievable. Like, so, uh, you know, that that's what I think. I mean, I think they're – Michigan pretty good at defending the three here. I, I think their defense and rebounding is the difference, and which is going to be a good game. But I see Michigan winning this by about eight points. Okay, so wow, we're talking about three. Would you take any sort of alt, uh, alt line with Michigan? God, let's not get crazy. These are two really good teams. Uh, you give me pick. If I just have to win the game, yeah. give me Michigan. I, I'm with you. And uh, Ohio State's to your point about the Penn State game. Now both teams shot lights out. But Ohio State's perimeter shooting, or at least perimeter defense, is starting to go the other way. And yes. I've been waiting for yeah. it. We saw it against Penn State. Michigan, not an elite three-point shooting team, or at least in terms of scoring rate. But if they're on from three, um, this Ohio State perimeter defense is starting to uh, settle back into what I thought they were going to be. And what the I think what the market is kind of expecting them to be, um, at least at the beginning of the season. Then I think Michigan, I think Michigan does win this game by a couple of possessions. I'm with you on that. Yeah, and one of those things, if you didn't see the Penn State, Ohio State game, Penn State, I mean, I can't tell you how many times they tied it or got to a three-point deficit, and Ohio State would go down and bang, nail a three to get that lead back up. It was just one, if you had Penn State, it was just one of those frustrating games, but I don't think it's going to be quite as easy for Ohio State on Sunday. One one last game I want to get to, and we didn't hit a ton of Sunday, which is fine. You know, we'll tweet about it. Um, we'll, put, we'll post our picks on Twitter, but Mississippi State at... Ole Miss. This is a, a huge game that is up to seven, I believe, on the at least it got there earlier today. Let's, yeah, it's still at seven. So Ole Miss lane seven at home, total of 128 and a half. Uh, Mississippi State plus 250 on the money line. Just wanted to bring this up. I know games are underway because somebody asked in the chat. I, I'm going to be on Mississippi State um, now that it's up to seven, now that I see it's up to seven. Uh, a, a really bad spot here for Ole Miss. I think the market is also inflating this line too much. A, a really good uh, backcourt matchup with, with Molinar and what Ole Miss has with Devontae Schuler. I just think the market is giving Ole Miss a little too much credit uh, on their recent stretch. And they're playing good basketball, but the line's inflated. Yeah, I like Mississippi State, too. I don't know if I'll be on it. It really concerns me how much they turn the ball over against this Mississippi uh, team. But I do lean them getting the – like we brought it up just texting. It's a rivalry game. You know, Mississippi State's going to be sky high to try to beat Mississippi and and ruin their tournament chances. So I do think from that kind of angle, it'll be a close game. I just worry about this game getting sloppy for Mississippi State. Sure. No, if they they turn it over, Ole Miss will, will burn them in transition. And get to the rim a lot. That's how Ole Miss scores. And I mean, we saw it. I thought it was a great spot last week in South Carolina. More than happy to admit when I'm wrong. And that was, I mean, South Carolina made it a little competitive, but uh, Ole Miss came to play defensively. I'll be on Mississippi State as well. So that uh, wraps up today's edition of BetQLU on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Appreciate everybody watching and listening. Tom, really quick to share your bets. I'll share mine and we'll get out of here. Yep. I got Loyola, Maryland, uh, LSU, and then Michigan on Sunday. All right, I'll be on Michigan on Sunday as well. Tomorrow, I am on Texas Tech. I am on West Virginia. I am on Arizona. I'm on Arizona State. And I am on Mississippi State. So six bets. What could go wrong here on a Saturday? Might add some during the day. Tom will add, uh, uh, probably add some live money line plays or, or pregame money line plays on some of these. I'll have some, Patriot, and- I'll have some Patriot League stuff for Sunday. All right. I appreciate everybody again watching and listening to another edition of BetQLU. Good luck on all your bets today.